Want to get the edge with your Premier League betting predictions? Pinnacle have teamed up with InfoGoal to delve deeper into the data for all the Premier League matches each game week. You combine betting market data with InfoGoal's performance data to try and find Pinnacle customers' value in the odds. This is EPL Insights. Hey everyone, welcome to EPL Insights with data provided by InfoGoal. Gareth Wheeler, Jake Osgathorpe with you. As we look at the board for this weekend, game week 27 in the Premier League. A wild one last weekend. Expect the unexpected. Well, you can expect some good plays to be provided on this podcast as well. Uh, Another good week in the books, Jake. Both of us nailed our best bets. Come on, Aston Villa. Come on, Brentford last week. The, the, The weekend ended up really ending on a high note, especially for our plays. It did, yeah. Um, yeah, the, the unders just keep cashing, don't they, when it comes to, uh, to Chelsea, to Spurs. Spurs. Chelsea. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, I'm not going to, you know, just listeners stay tuned in, but there's a small hint as to two of my bets this week. <laughs> uh, yeah, Brentford was the big one. I mean, that Monday night football, uh, there was a little bit of a golf, I thought, between Brentford and Fulham, um, kind of exactly what the numbers portrayed uh, heading into the game. Yeah, the, the big one we kind of got wrong was the uh, the United Liverpool game. I mean, I don't know why we didn't put up Liverpool minus six on the handicap. You know, that was such an obvious play. <laughs> well, on, on the weekend, Liverpool, Man United, seven goals or more pregame. Um, you could have played that at plus twenty two fifty eight, so plus two thousand two hundred and fifty eight. Liverpool to win by five or more goals. Played at plus thirty two hundred and forty three, so three two four three, and Pinnacle did take one bet on that. Liverpool <laughs> to win by five or more goals at plus three two four three. Were you the Were you the oracle here? Were you the one person that made that play on Pinnacle, Jake? <laughs> Unfortunately, no, I can't take credit for that. But whoever it is needs to be on the podcast at some point soon because that's a hell of a bet. Was, especially the way the first 40, 42 minutes played out, yeah, then yeah. everything, com- complete capitulation. You can say this about United, go big or go home. Like when they lose, they lose. Um, and, and look, it, it's kind of funny, some of the talking points that have come out of this about you know, the failures of United, that they might not be back. They still beat Liverpool and Man City at home, a place where they will be this weekend. And we'll break down some of the numbers for you and how the variables here, um, some things might just not add up. Um, I have a question. Oh, yeah, go Do, ahead. Are you still looking at getting United on side for the title after that? I don't think so. You know what? <laughs> if, 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 if Bournemouth didn't come back, or sorry, if Arsenal didn't come back against Bournemouth on the weekend, took it from 2-0 to 3-2, then, then maybe maybe perhaps that's a market that's still in play. Yeah. But but now it just seems completely out of reach. So it's a big gap, isn't it now? It, it's a it's a big gap. A big um, by the way, like the weekend was a bit of a roll, roller coaster. You know, your Man City, you play the first game. You, you kind of beat Newcastle with ease. Then you're watching Arsenal struggle so much. We've seen a little bit of a wobble as of late. They're down 2-0 uh, to Bournemouth at home. They touched a high of plus 803 at 2-0 down just before Thomas Party scored. And Pinnacle did take a couple bets on Arsenal at plus 684 and plus 768 at 2-0 down. 
Uh, incredible. 90 plus seven. That is extra, extra, extra time added on. It, it was late. I don't My phone blew up after the game ended. So how much stoppage time did they play? I, I'm, not, I'm not sure if you got similar messages, but I had them sent my way because if you were a city supporter or anyone that wanted to hang around in that race, there was a real opportunity for Arsenal to drop points. So some other big numbers on the weekend that played uh, Wolves closed at plus 234 pregame on Pinnacle to go on and beat Spurs 1-0. And Brighton to score exactly four goals uh, played at plus 1147, 1,147 on Pinnacle. Win by four goals or more against West Ham last weekend at plus 1,418. That, of course, came through um, uh, with a 4-0 victory over West Ham. Anything else stand out? to you from the weekend because I know that you remained hot rolling into the Champions League action midweek as well. Yeah, on a on a good roll at the minute, um, just in general on this podcast um, and elsewhere for Sporting Life on my writing. It's, yeah, it's one of those times where, you know, you, you do get patches like this in the season where things go, you go your way um, and you kind of kind of ride it because, you know, there's going to be, you know, a little bit of a sticky patch coming at some point because that's just the nature of the game. It's a, uh, very much a you know an up and down roller coaster ride um, in terms of in terms of betting, but you know I, I'm really liking the slate of games. You know, last week we looked at the games yep. as, uh, and we weren't too, you know, those they were tough to call this week. I'm looking at it. I actually like. I really like what I'm looking at. Um, and you know, you know, it's a it's kind of a you're onto something when you look at the fixture. You already have a bet in your mind, and the bet that you've got in your mind is. A really likable price. That's when you know you, you you know you've got to pull the trigger on that occasion. I think I've got three or four of those this week. Brilliant. Uh, one quick other little mention. We had a kind of a quasi head to head last week. Nottingham Forest Everton. It ended up turning into a push with the draw no bet uh, both ways. I thought Everton after that start. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna. Even though it's not an official head-to-head play, I was feeling good about that. And a special shout-out to Southampton. I said a draw-no-bet against Leicester City, and they pulled off the victory as well. I knew that they'd bounce back. Come on, Saints, after a big, uh, after a really disappointing loss against Grimsby Town midweek in the FA Cup. Uh, shall we get on with it this week's board? Uh, Ten games here in game week 27. Uh, all of your bets are on Pinnacle.com. And of course... Uh, you can go there to check out your future plays as well. And the relegation battle, I might say, is as murky as ever. Uh, let's start off with one of those teams right in the relegation battle. 20th place, Bournemouth. It's weird that Southampton, not officially 20th, bottom of the table. That's Bournemouth right now as they face Liverpool. Bournemouth, heartbreaking 3-2 loss to Arsenal. And like I said, I'm calling it extra, extra, extra time added on. They're up 2-0. The XG in that game, it was a big one, 2.52 to 1.74. Back-to-back losses now for Bournemouth, but they did come against City and Liverpool. They've played the under in two and a half, uh, under two and a half in five of their last seven games. Uh, Bournemouth three, four, and five at home. They drew Newcastle and Nottingham Forest before their most recent loss at home to Manchester City. They do have a number of injuries in this team. Um, check out the injury report before making any plays, but Tavernier, uh, he still looks to be a doubt. Zabarni, Kelly, Lerma. Um, so make sure you check out their status before making any play this weekend. Liverpool, 7-0. Need I say more? Is Liverpool back? Uh, perhaps. No losses in three. Five clean sheets in their last six overall, including 
clean sheets in their last five Premier League games, and they've been first to score in five of their last six. There are only three points behind Spurs now uh, for fourth with a game in hand. Um, last Their last away performance was a draw at Crystal Palace. Uh, they won at Newcastle to stop a dreadful runaway. Those were back-to-back away performances. Um, so they've slowly looked to be starting to turn things ar- around away from home. But they're just 3-3-6 three, three, and six overall away from home. 13 goals scored, 19 scored, uh, 19 conceded. They had the fifth worst away expected goals against, according to InfoGoal, of 23.8 in 12. Head-to-head, get this. You think 7-0 was big? Liverpool beat Bournemouth this season, if you can remember it, 9-0. And they beat Bournemouth seven times in a row. They haven't lost in their last eight. Bournemouth, no clean sheet in their last 14. They've gone over the total of two and a half in their last 10 meetings that they played one another. All right, Jake, which direction do you go in this game? Um, I think it's really hard to look past the Liverpool win, isn't it? I mean, they, they are looking very strong right now. The five matches in the league that they've kind of turned the corner, four wins, five clean sheets, as you've said, the process in that time is you know, 2.46 expected goals for 1.02 against. So basically the levels that we saw from them last season, the season before, the title winning season, they're at that kind of level over this last five games. And I know it's a small sample size and you know they've had three home games, two against fairly beatable opponents and you know away games, uh, in particular Newcastle with 10 men. Crystal Palace, who are struggling. But the process is really good. And if they continue with this kind of level, then they will finish in the top four. Like, it's not even it's not even an if, they will. Um, but I'm still a little bit... Oh, I still have a couple of question marks around them defensively, particularly when travelling, because we saw at Newcastle against that 10 men, they did ship nearly two expected goals. Um, and overall this season, over the course of the campaign, they've conceded nearly two expected goals against per away game, which is really high. Now, I don't expect it to be that high from now to the end of the season. I think it will regress and, and come down to maybe a 1.4 uh, as a max. But but I do think that I've seen enough in Bournemouth in recent weeks to suggest that they can get on the score sheet and make it interesting. Um, yeah, they're, they're improving. We, we kind of thought that they might because of the transfer window they had. It was busy. They, brought, they spent a bit of cash, tried to strengthen, and I kind of expected them to improve. Pushed Arsenal all the way. Um, but they're, conceding, they're, they're creating more chances, which is really eye-catching to me. They've averaged 1.4 expected goals for per game across the last six matches. And if you compare that to the previous six, that was at 1.1. So they're generating 0.3 expected goals more per game, which is effectively one big chance more per game. Um, And I think interestingly, over that last six, they've actually racked up over 1.5 expected goals against three of the top five that are currently in the table. So that's against Man City, Newcastle, Arsenal. And they've actually created one and a half expected goals against all three of them, which I think is a really interesting stat as they take on Liverpool, who obviously sit just outside that right now. Uh, they sit fifth, don't they, right now? Um, so, yeah, I, I think that there's there's a bit of juice in the price of both teams to score, uh, minus 122. So it's shortened a little bit since I did my um, did my breakdown, but I'm still happy to take that number. I think Bournemouth are in a position now, obviously, at the bottom of the table. They're going to have to take a few swings at Liverpool, and they know that the, but Liverpool are vulnerable at the back, even even if you know recently they've not shown it by conceding goals. They have been giving up good opportunities and, and opponents have been getting in good um, scoring chance, uh, positions. We saw Man United in that first half last week. They had a couple of decent opportunities where you know they got around the age of the 18-yard box and you know Fernandez had the header at the back post. So they are still giving up chances. And I think Bournemouth 
will fancy the the you know that they'll think that they can cause Liverpool some problems. But obviously, the flip side is Liverpool's attack is absolutely firing, um, and I just can't see Bournemouth holding a clean sheet. So uh, both teams to score for me would look like the best bet. Yeah, I looked at the overs, but I just thought there's a bit more bit more juice in the price. Yeah, it the over plays over three. It's not two and a half, and it plays at minus one hundred one. I've been tempted, but I think I'm going to make potentially an even more bold play here. How about Bournemouth on the handicap? I knew, I knew you were going to go at there. plus one two point five. Like, look, nine nil, seven nil. Come on. Liverpool are going away from home here. They have Real Madrid in the Champions League on Wednesday as well. I'm keeping in mind. Bournemouth has been combative. They haven't been bad over, over, over recent weeks. And, and, and they played a tough schedule. They played some tough teams. But I think that they can keep this one close enough. They might not win. If, if they lose by a goal, it, it's still a half win in that category. Liverpool need to show me that they can do this away from Anfield. Because they haven't on the season, Jake. On the like, I'm sorry, like a goalless draw against Crystal Palace. What was that? Two weeks ago? There was nothing in that. A 2-0 win at Newcastle. Nick Pope sent off. There was no response there. Their XG, their expected goals against away from home is pathetic. Um, I think I think Bournemouth is a better team than advertised right now. I do think that they're they're playing much better. Man, that's a, such a heartbreaker the way that they lost last week. I'm looking for a response, especially playing at home. So I don't love this play. Make it just a half play, but I think it's worth making. Bournemouth on the handicap at uh, plus 1.25. Am I that predictable? You knew I was going to make that play? Well, as I was talking, I could just see in your face, you you were kind of, I can just kind of tell when you're going to go against something that I've said. And I've just said, I think Liverpool will win. So I was kind of expecting to lean the other way. Um, you're a brave man. I mean, I, this Liverpool team are full of confidence, and I think that that's it, it's kind of key in the Klopp era is confidence. I think I think when when Liverpool are down on confidence, generally their whole game just falls to pieces. We saw it in the season after the title win, um, and we, we've seen it so far this season. And they do seem to have found that confidence again, and I think that's king. And I'd be surprised if he rotated. I think. He's a kind of manager that does just like to keep rolling with the team when that's playing well. Um, especially that front three, they're still gelling, they're still getting to know each other. I expect them to play it. And, you know, you're a braver man than me to be taking Bournemouth. I could see Liverpool doing similar to what City did a couple of weeks ago and just going down going down there and winning 3-4-1 quite comfortably. So, um, yeah, Bournemouth, I do agree with you that Bournemouth are better than advertised. And I do think they'll, they'll have a, um, they'll not go down with a whimper. They won't go, you know, they won't get cut adrift and, be relegated in the next month, um, but I think this is a this is a stretch for them, and they might have one eye on a couple of games coming up for them as well because they've had, as you've said, a tough schedule. They'll have played Man City, Arsenal, and, and Liverpool back to back to back. Which you know, are you in, are you in, really going to get anything from that? Even the most optimistic Bournemouth fans probably going to say no. Um, you know, you've got Villa away and Fulham at home coming up in the next couple of games. Do you focus yeah. on that rather than this? Maybe, but. Um, They'll, they'll have a swing. They'll have a swing. But yeah, I'm, I just think you're a little bit brave there. In in the setup, I said it was Man Man City and Liverpool. They played it's Man City and Newcastle. They drew Newcastle one one. They drew Forest one one before that. Like they they've done all right at home over or, over recent times. And you know who's a better side away? Newcastle away or is it Liverpool away? 
I, I know that last week, th- th- this is kind of the knee-jerk reaction. I actually think in what I recommend, I think a lot more money is going to come in on Liverpool. I think that number is going to get stretched. Uh, will will it get out to plus a goal and a half? Maybe not, but I, I, think, I think that it might. might. I think it might end up at a much better number than minus one twelve. And I'm not, so I won't make that play yet. But that's a number that I think will move and continue to move into the weekend in Liverpool's direction. So um, you might even get a preferable number uh, when it comes down to it. So that's what I'm backing in that game. But you probably want to listen to Jake when it comes to this one. <laughs> <laughs> you, never know. Uh, you never know this is the Barclays Premier League after all one thing that our picks each week aren't they're not Spursy but <sighs> do you know who is Spursy Spurs is Tottenham Hotspur and Nottingham Forest this weekend look like if you can't laugh you're going to cry because Spurs are out of the Champions League Harry Kane that trophyless run well for the club in general just continues to roll on and on and on they lost one nil at Wolves on the weekend as well. Uh, it was like a gutless, goalless draw against Milan at home in the Champions League. Um, it, it's weird this team, and and it's it, it's it's kind of fun to kind of watch along and see how they they, they go through these massive swings. They, they had two losses, then they won two games, including a win over Man City. You're like, okay, here we go. Then they lost two, and then they lose on the weekend, and then they draw. AC Milan, which ends up feeling like a loss. They have, however, won their last three at home in the Premier League with three clean sheets coming against, get this, Chelsea, West Ham, and Man City. You know, a decent run of home form in the Premier League. They've played under two and a half goals in five of five in all competitions. That was before Milan. So that's six out of six now. Uh, Nottingham Forest, they played at home. So that means they pick up points. A 2-2 draw with Everton, even though they were beat quite handily in the in the XG battle in that game. Brennan Johnson, what a revelation for the Welshman this season. Seven goals of the year. And now Nottingham Forest undefeating their last nine at home. Problem is, away from home, they stink. Just one win, six points away all season, three goals scored, 29 against. Now they're they're 14th in the in the table and still four points above the drop. Um overall they haven't won a game in four, no clean sheets in four. Under two and a half, it was played in the last four or five, and they've been the first to concede in seven of eight. Head-to-head, Spurs won this fixture. They're the reverse fixture. Um, 2-0. Harry Kane scored a brace in that game. And under two and a half is played in five of the last six meetings. There was a lot of unders mentioned (laughs) in in the description that I just provided. Are you going to follow that theme into this weekend's? Hell Yeah. Why would I change? This has been a very profitable bet for me recently. Um, and you know, like I'm not, I wouldn't, I'm not the kind of guy that would just keep backing a bet because it's winning. But the underlying data is just not changing when it comes to Spurs at all. You know, if they if they had a game where they racked up over three expected goals and you know maybe scored once, you know, I'd at least be a little bit wary and you know a little bit cautious of them perhaps turning a corner and creating more chances. But they're just not. I mean. Went to Wolves at the weekend. They had a couple of good chances. I mean, some hit the bar, didn't he, in the first half? Um, but again, did not broke 1.5 expected goals, which is something that they've not done since the restart. I think that's just incredible for a team that are currently sat in the top four to be playing that badly in attack. Um, and yeah, the, like I said, the unders have been very popular in Tottenham matches, seven of 13 at home this season. All five at home since the break, the unders has landed. 
They've generated 1.15 expected goals for per game since the restart. Um, and at home, that average actually drops to 1.1. So they're even worse playing at home from a creative perspective. Flip side, defensively, they have improved. So they, you know, you, at least previously for the first six matches of the restart, they were shipping around 1.7 expected goals against per game. They were looking leaky at the back. But they've tightened things up a bit. Since losing 4-2 to Man City, they've allowed just 0.85 expected goals against per game. So, in theory, we've got a team here that aren't creating a high amount of chances, but they're not conceding a high amount of chances. And, you know, that defensive process is good for a top four team if they could sustain it. But they're not going to win matches because they're not creating enough chances. Now, Forest are shocking away from home. Yeah. One, three, and eight. I think you said they scored just three times. They've averaged 0.87 expected goals for per game. So you've got a really blunt Forest attack when traveling, taking on a Spurs defense that is, you know, it's on it's on the up, it's getting better. So I don't expect Forest to score. The question is, will Spurs score? And if they do, will they score three? You know, I just can't see that happening. I know Forest have been bad away from home defensively, they've conceded a lot of decent chances. But they're going to sit in and make life difficult for Tottenham. And that is not the kind of game Tottenham want. They want it to get stretched. They can play on the counter-attack. Ultimately, Forrest are going to sit in their own 18-yard box. They're not going to give Spurs any space whatsoever to play in the counter. And it's going to be a slog. Um, if Spurs do win, it's going to be 1-0. If I wouldn't be at all surprised if they didn't score against Spurs because they're playing so badly in forward areas. Yeah. And we saw them in midweek against AC Milan. You're chasing a game... You're 1-0 down in the tie, and you there's just nothing. Like his subs were strained as well. He took Kulosevsky off for Sanchez. I'm like, huh? Yeah. What's yeah. he doing? This is yeah. interesting. Um, but yeah, the, you know, the, just from a forest perspective, the unders have landed in three of their five away games since the restart, seven of ten since the restart in total. So these two teams are basically the kings of unders at the moment. Um yeah, that that for me, it's a plus number as well, which I just couldn't resist. I, this is the best number on the incredible. board this weekend, yeah. isn't it? Like, I, I couldn't believe when I opened up Pinnacle, and I see under two and a half at plus 104, I locked it in for a full play. I might even top the, up this play. I mean, yeah. how can you not? Like, the underlying data all suggests under. The history between these two teams suggests under. Everything points to the under, which inevitably means it's, going to go over but like come on like if if you're going to use the data provided this is the play to make all day every day uh 100%. under two and a half plus one of four because it, originally i did i wasn't even looking at the total i thought it was going to be priced to a, a position that it just kind of wasn't worth the play so i started to look into spurs win to nil um which comes in at plus 127 but what's the point like I, I much prefer the under two and a half at plus minus uh, at, at plus one hundred four. Um, no need to yeah. discuss that anymore. I mean, Conte doesn't change his formation. A, you yeah. know what's gonna? It's like seven defensive players, three attacking players every week, and we'll see. It's so predictable. Um, and you know, for whatever reason, the, the attacking players have just lost all that that kind of. Um, how would you describe it? Almost like that little bit of zest. They used to have a little bit of pop about them. Um, sure. They just don't have that anymore. And yeah, I, I was, this is one of the bets I had in mind with Spurs, obviously the unders. I thought it'd see a price at around minus, maybe minus 120. And I would have taken that. I think that's still a good bet at that price. But to get plus 104 is, yeah, it, it, it's it is best bet material for sure. 
Let's move on to the late game on Saturday. Crystal Palace and Manchester City. Palace coming off a 1-0 loss to Aston Villa. Uh, it was an Anderson on goal. DeCorey was sent off, picked up two cautions in the game, and it's suspended for this upcoming game, which means an adjustment in Patrick Vieira's midfield is upcoming. Just a 0.21 XG in the game for Palace. Yikes. And that's according to InfoGoal. They haven't won a game in 10 and the under is played under two and a half is played in seven of their last eight. They're 12th in the table, only five points above the drop. Jake's been banging on about this. How palace might be dragged right back in to a relegation battle Four straight draws at home. However, two goals scored two goals against it over that span. So there's not much in these games and they played good teams at home, Liverpool, Brighton, Newcastle, and Manchester United. So four draws against those teams. If you're a Palace fan, despite your poor form, you're taking those results. Uh, they have the worst home expected goal differential, according to InfoGoal, uh, in the Premier League at minus 7.7 in 13 games. As for Man City, coming off a 2-0 victory over Newcastle, Phil Foden has now scored four goals in his last three games overall. They're undefeated in their last five, including four Premier League wins in a row. Now, Foden has a little bit of a foot issue. Um, uh, keep, keep an eye on that. Kyle Walker has other issues. Yikes. Not sure what, how that's going to play out uh, at all. Um, city haven't lost in their last seven. They've been the first to score in seven in a row. The first half winner in five straight and both teams to score in five of seven. They haven't lost in five overall away from home. Uh, only Arsenal has more away points on the season than Man City. Head-to-head, it was a wild one the first time that these two played at the Emirates earlier this season. Palace were up 2-0 at halftime, only for City to come from behind and win that game 4-2. Four second-half goals, Erling Holland a second-half hat-trick. Um, just for some pr- perspective, they played to a goalless draw at Selhurst Park the season before. So is there a number, is there a play that stands out to you? This is one of the more difficult games uh, for me to look at and come up with a play this weekend. Yeah, I'm um, I'm quite happy to go with a, um, well, what is effectively a Man City clean sheet bet, which I think on Pinnacle shows as under 0.5 Crystal Palace team goals, uh, which is at minus 106. I'm more than happy to take this. I really am. I think Palace... They're a team that I've been banging the drum for, um, struck for being, you know, massive potential relegation candidates since the restart, really. And the process has been shocking. They're obviously the record, particularly at home. They're o three and three since the restart. They failed to score in four of those six matches. Um, so this bet would have landed in four of six. I think interestingly, the the they've, they've played Fulham, Spurs, Newcastle, Man United, Brighton, and Liverpool at home. All six teams are in the top eight currently. So they've actually faced a, a tough schedule at home. And that makes me want to back this even more because they played a tough schedule. They've failed to score in four of those six matches and they're playing, you know, the, the reigning champions, like probably the best, if not the best in the league, um, Manchester City. So I, I can foresee that record moving to five, five um, blanks in seven for Palace, particularly because... Across that period, they've averaged just 0.67 expected goals for per game, which is incredibly low. Um, and I do feel sorry for all the Palace fans that have to sit there and watch that because literally that tells me that they're doing zero attacking. And, you know, you only have to watch the games as well to know that that's the case. I mean, even against Man United, they were comfortably second best. 
And then at least they've banged a free kick in out of nowhere. And that's one of the goals, one of the games in which they scored in. Um, so they are really, really poor in forward areas. I'm happy to take them on. Obviously drew a blank last week as well against Aston Villa, a, a team who had been shipping goals for fun left and right prior to that game. Um, and yeah, the only question mark is, you know, have City got the capability to keep a team out? Because we've seen them concede quite a few chances away from home of late. Um, but overall, since the restart, they've they've been the best defensive team in the league, according to expected goals. They've allowed just 0.9 expected goals against per game. Um, and I guess this bet it leans on the fact that they don't concede many chances and, and this Palace attack is just extremely blunt. Um, I mean, you know, it'd be a huge surprise to me if Palace were to score. Um, obviously, the you know, the, the you could, if you wanted to, take City to win to nil, uh, which I think is a marginally plus number. But, you know, the, we've seen Liverpool go to Palace and draw nil-nil. Um, it wouldn't be a stretch to see Man City going there and maybe racking up two expected goals, but not scoring and being frustrated. And, and if that was the case, obviously the win to nil bet loses, but this bet would win. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm more than happy just to back Palace not to score. Maybe I'm scarred making Man City plays away from home and being underwhelmed. I just go back to 1-1 at Forest. You know, a, a draw at Leipzig. By the way, City do play at home against Leipzig in the Champions League this upcoming week as well. I think that Palace want that physical, low event type game. I, I think that the model is what we've seen over the last four games where they've gone out to draw, you know, pretty good teams. Some more distraction with the with the Walker stuff. I, I have bad vibes around this game, to be honest with you. I want to make an over bet here, and it's over 2.75. Um, at, at minus 101 because I think if City gets one, they could get three or four in this game. But I'm just not sure how straightforward it's going to be. I do look at the previous game, the 4-2. There was a lot of action. I'm not sure if this one at Sellers Park is going to play out that way. So a no bet for me in this one. I just, there's something about this game. Maybe it's just, um, you know, as poorly as Palace has been playing, they have come up with these random draws against good teams. So it just kind of scared me away from this one. So I'm not going to touch it. So I'm going to leave it along and we can move on to Sunday unless you have anything else to add. No, I'm quite happy with that. Fulham and Arsenal from Craven Cottage. Fulham coming off a 3-2 loss to Brentford on Monday Night Football. Big XG both way in that game, 2.53 to 1.84. Solomon has scored in five straight games. Like Mitrovic is MIA, but Solomon's really stepped up. Um, It was their first loss in eight games overall for Fulham. Uh, The unders actually played on a regular basis for Fulham. So it was nice as an over better when it comes to Fulham football that the over cashed on Monday night, but they've gone under two and a half and four of their last five. And this is the second game of their last 10 that they went over the two and a half goal total. Arsenal escaped with that three, two victory over Bournemouth. Nelson, um, you wouldn't have predicted that he would have scored the winner, but he did. Um, and needs to because Trossard and Enkedia are dealing with some um, some some issues right now. Check on their status. They play Sporting Lisbon uh, in the Europa League away from home on Thursday after this uh, after we record this podcast. Uh, four straight wins for the Arsenal since their loss to Man City, and they've scored three or more goals in three of those four games. Ten, one, and two 
away from home is the best record by far in the Premier League. Seven more points than anyone else and the best away expected goals uh, against uh, 12.3 in 13. Head-to-head, uh, it was a 2-1 final last time these two sides played. Uh, Fulham scored first, however, through Mitrovic in that game. Arsenal have it lost in nine games to Fulham. Fulham no clean sheets in their last... 15 and over the two and a half goal total is played in four or five as has both teams to score. I should mention for Fulham as well, Paulinha, very important central midfielder, uh, midfielder for them comes back into the team. He was suspended for that loss against Brentford. Uh, so what do you make of this tie? Like Arsenal are still coming away with results. Everything hasn't been straightforward, whether it be Bournemouth, whether it be Aston Villa. So what do you make of their chances as Europa League play now comes into play for a limited squad for Mikel Arteta. I say that in a very uh, complimentary way because he's done a nice job with what he's had. There's some numbers in reserves defensively, but not much in attack. And if Trossard and Nketi aren't fully fit, then what does that mean for Arsenal heading into the weekend? Yeah, it, it is interesting. And I think, like you said, it's really important to have people like Reese Nelson to come in. And I think... He's been injured himself for a while, Reese Nelson. But if people remember back, he actually had a really important um, game early on in the season where he scored a couple of goals as well. So, um, yeah, I, I think he, he, that having that extra depth is important. And, you know, the, the midweek game is a little bit of a... puts us in a bit of unknown territory. We don't can't, we don't know what team he's going to pick for that, how seriously he's going to take the Europa League. Um Will he rotate with this game in mind? Because this is a tough game. I mean, Fulham, you know, they're, they're not in the top eight for no reason. Like, they are a, a decent enough side. Um, having said that, I do think that, I think I obviously mentioned it last week when we were talking about the Brentford-Fulham game, that the, the goals will flow again for Fulham because the chances that they're creating and conceding were still there. It was just a case of not the ball not going in the net. You know, we saw... Um, games where they created loads of chances, didn't score. We saw the opposite. So I wasn't at all surprised to see the overs land. And that's my bet again here. I'm going to take the overs. I think the minus 118, that is it, really appealing to me because, you know, you look at Fulham's um, XG process. They've shipped 1.75 expected, expected goals against per home game this season, which is the most in the league. So they are the worst defensive team when playing at home in the entire division. And uh, yeah, that, that stat took me by surprise, given that we've got the likes of Southampton and Bournemouth and Everton in there as well. But Fulham are the worst home defensive team in the league. Um, but they do create plenty. They're, they're averaging 1.6 expected goals for per home game. Um, and like I said, they'll be playing an Arsenal team who played on Thursday. They might be a little bit fatigued. They'll fancy the chances of scoring um, at least once, maybe twice, of creating chances. And nine of 13 home matches have gone over two and a half this season. So that's the Fulham side. Arsenal... We kind of touched on it a couple of weeks ago that you know their, their attacking process is still good. They're still creating the chances, but the reason why they were having a few hiccups is because defensively they were conceding a lot of good chances as well. Um, and that 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 XGA per game average was up quite considerably from what we saw pre uh, World Cup and just immediately after it. Um, yeah, the overs have landed in four of Arsenal's last five league games, and they've shipped 1.7 expected goals in three of five. So three of the five matches they've allowed over 1.7 expected goals. As I said, they're still creating plenty, 2.21 expected goals per game. So, yeah, all of this to me screams um, goals because you've got an <laughs> Arsenal team whose defensive process is climbing. 
Um, and you've got a Fulham team who generally concede chances because they do play on the front foot. And, uh, you know, you have to admire that, that they do take games to opponent no matter who it is. You think about the games that uh, we've seen at Craven Cottage, obviously the opener, 2-2 against Liverpool, where they really went hell for leather and, and tried to go head-to-head with with, with um, Manchester United, needed a last-minute winner to beat them. That, that game was ridiculous. It had five total expected goals in that match, which I wouldn't be at all surprised to see similar. Um, so, yeah, overs for me. Have you got a play? I do. Uh, Fulham with the handicap plus one at minus 114. I was actually thinking about bringing it down to plus half a goal. So a Fulham uh, winner, a draw in that plays at plus 150. But 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 I'll stay with the plus one. I'll take the full goal because the way that Arsenal has been pulling a rabbit out of the hat, it could happen again. Fulham's played United tough at home. They played Liverpool tough at home. You, you, you reference the, the defensive numbers in, to, in terms of expecting goals against. Largely that was because earlier in the season, they were as loose as it gets. But they've tightened things up as of late. They're a difficult team to beat. They're seventh place in the table, and deservedly so. Bring Polina back into this team. Some question marks with Troussard and Enkedia and some of the players in Arsenal's attack. Smith Rowe can't stay healthy. It's like... Why not? I mean, Arsenal needs to convince me that they're going to come away with a very good, like they got let off the hook at Villa. They, they've just been, they've been wobbling a little bit. Like, look, they might go on and win the Premier League. They, they might continue to win these last minute games, but I can't see them, you know, kind of bossing Fulham all over the pitch in this game, having played on Thursday. So th- that, that one goal gap total at a number like minus 114, it makes a whole lot of sense for me. So give me that. I'm happy to take that all day. Yeah, I you have no arguments for me whatsoever. I think it is interesting looking at Arsenal's schedule. <clears throat> I, don't, I can't remember if we touched on this, but their home matches or the remaining home matches are generally very kind. Like The, the yeah. upcoming ones in particular are. So you've got Palace, you've got Leeds, you've got Southampton as the next three home games. But away from home, they've got a pretty tough finish. You know, Fulham, obviously, we, they're sat eighth in the league. They've got to go to Anfield, and that looks like a much tougher test now than what it did. Then they've got to go to West Ham, who could be fighting for, this, for their lives. In, what, better in team at home, too, than away. Exactly. Much better. And then they've, got, then they've got Man City and Newcastle. So And, you know, they've got go to Forest, which is no easy place to go as well. So they've got yeah. a really, really tough closing schedule away from home. Um, so these games, particularly, you look at that and you think, well, the Fulham away game, the West Ham away game, uh, and Forest, they kind of need to win those. Um, if they don't win any of those or drop points, then I, I think they could really struggle given the the remaining fixtures away from home. So yeah, big game for Arsenal. But like I said, I, I I agree with you. I think Fulham will will play tight. You know, we, was it Chelsea they beat as well recently at, yep. at Craven Cottage? So um, yeah, I, I think that that's a good play. And look, I think you're getting a little bit more juice on it because they lost on Monday. A lot of people watched it Monday Night Football. But Brentford at home's a really good team. And without their best central midfielder in Polina, um, I, I think it's a good context for Fulham heading into this game this weekend. Uh, our final feature match in our feature five, it's Manchester United and Southampton. Again, for United, kind of how I explained it for Liverpool, 7-0. You don't really need to say more. They got crushed in the XG in that game as well. Give them an XG of 3.79 in that game. against. I've got Liverpool. a good stat for you about that XG. Go ahead. Dig in. That is... Since Infogol started collecting data in 2014, that is the biggest expected goals total Man United have conceded in that time frame. I'm not so it was their worst defensive performance since 2014, according to the data, which is staggering. 
Well, the first three or four Liverpool goals were very, very good. I mean, the ones at the end are, uh, at the end of the game were just essentially throwing up the white flag. Yeah. Now they play Real Betis at home on Thursday in the Europa League. That game is being played after this podcast recorded. Um, United have been an over team over the last two months or so. Over two and a half goals in five of their last six. This, by the way, the seven nil loss to Liverpool, their first loss in twelve, and broke a streak of like of 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 five wins in a row in all competitions. It's the first time they didn't score in twenty nine games because they and they'd scored at least two goals in every game over the twelve games prior to that. Now they look tired. I'm not sure if it's physical, emotional, uh, or mental fatigue, but it certainly is going to creep in with so many big games have been played in all competitions across the board. And they're still alive in every competition that they're playing in. They remain in third place. Thanks to Spurs and Newcastle, both losing last weekend. So they're still in a comfortable top four spot. Their last home loss was on September 8th. And that came in the Europa league and their only premier league loss came in their home opener against Brighton nine, two and one at old Trafford on the season. So they have to look at that out of the bottom spot. They're up to 19th. Well, they're level on points with Bournemouth, but still with a 1-0 victory over Leicester City. And they're just a point within uh, within touching distance of 17th place Leeds, who happened to be level on points with Everton. Alcaraz scored the goal. It's only their was only their second home win on the season and a big bounce back after the setback against Grimsby in the Cup. Uh, two wins uh, in their last four away from home for Southampton. Four wins overall away on the season. Their away form has been okay. And they're mid-table when it comes to expected goals against, uh, according to InfoGoal, with an XGA of 20.5 in 13 away games. Head-to-head, United won the won the reverse fixture 1-0. Uh, but the 1.61 to 1.35 XG in that game uh, tilted in Southampton's favor. United haven't lost to Southampton in their last 14 meetings. Southampton, no clean sheets in their last nine. Both teams to score has played in seven of nine. Uh, United have been a juggernaut at home, Jake. Do they continue that trend this weekend? I think they do, yeah. Um, I think this is a nice game for them to kind of get back on that winning horse. Um, you know, Southampton, they've, they've, what's, they've won three of the uh, two of the last three in the league um, since sacking the manager. They, they'll play tough. I think he's got them well organised. They're trying to be a little bit tighter and more difficult to beat. Um, you see, they're, they're not creating a, a, a huge amount of chances in those um, in those contests. 0.79 against Chelsea, 0.36 against Leeds, 1.28 against Leicester. So they're a team that don't create much. They've been a little bit fortunate to pick up six points. Um, so yeah, I think I see this as a very good game for United to try and get back on that, uh, get that winning feeling back. I do have some hesitancy in backing them with the handicap, though. Um, minus one and a half is where the line's currently at. Um, yeah, it's a plus number, a plus 105. And obviously for that bet to when you need them to win by two clear goals. Um, the the pile-up of fixtures, I think it's catching up with them a little bit. I think they could maybe do with the international break, which is, I think it's around the corner. I think there's maybe two more games um, for, for that. And I, they need it. I think they really need it. Um, just looking back at the... How many home games have we played? The minus one and a half handicap is only one in five of the home matches this season. So um, we've seen, you know, even against the likes of Crystal Palace, where they've won but not covered the handicap. 
Um, obviously, they've, they've played City not covered, West Ham not covered, um, Liverpool not covered, Brighton obviously beat them. So I don't know. I, I just I'm I'm a little bit unsure as to what we're going to get from this United team. I think he'll ring the changes. He'll make a lot of um, you know whether it's midweek or the weekend. There'll be a lot of personnel changes because I think they play Betis again next week. So it is literally Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday, and then the international break. So he's going to have to ring the changes. That might have a little bit of an impact. Um, so yeah, I, I think United will win, but I don't have enough confidence to make a, a play on this one. So um, yeah, I'll leave that to you. Have you got a bet? I, I'm going to play United on the handicap at plus 105. It's a plus number. I hear what you're saying about not covering at home, but um, I put Southampton in the same category as Bournemouth, 3-0. Uh, they beat Forest 3-0 or 2-0 at home. Uh, they beat Leicester City, who said that they beat last weekend 3-0 at home. So teams at the bottom of the table, they won with relative ease against teams like this. I watched much. I don't know why I'm a masochist. I watched a, a lot of that Southampton-Leicester City game. It was dog's breakfast. Like the football wasn't very good. I think that, you know, Southampton and James Ward-Prowse on set pieces can maybe cause some problems, but I just can't see how Southampton's going to keep the ball in the back of their own net, like in this game. I think United can run up the score in this game. So you give me that handicap on a plus number with Eric Ten Hag. I mean, it, it just it didn't go over well, did it? Losing the way that they did, need to bounce back, not only in the Europa League, but in the Premier League at home to truly get back on track. I think it's going to be a statement performance from Manchester United, and I will make that play with a level of confidence this weekend. Uh, United haven't lost to Southampton in their last 14 meetings, and I think they keep on, keep it rolling this weekend. They're just a different class, a cut or two above Southampton, so I have no problem making that bet. So you're reluctant. I'm not. I'll make a full play United on the handicap. Uh, let's go rapid fire for the final five games of the weekend. Flip it back to Saturday. Leeds United and Brighton. Do you have a play in this game? No bet. No. Um, I I looked when I was doing the notes yesterday, Brighton were plus 100, so basically evens. Um, it's moved the other way now. They're now a minus number. I think that's a little bit too short for me to get on board with. I do think that they are playing with a class of a top six team. Um, and you know, if I if I see that for another couple of weeks, if they can sustain that kind of level, keep putting up these silly XG numbers that they're doing, um, then this kind of price is going to look huge um, going to a relegation candidate. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm still in a watching phase for Brighton. I'm still a little bit cautious, a little bit wary, but it is a play that I might be making in future if we get these kind of scenario. Oh, I, that Brighton minus 104 for the win is jumping off the page. I'm going to kick myself because I'm not making that play, but I do like another play. You know I love me some Brighton Deserby overs. You know I love me some Leeds United overs. Uh, Leeds have been playing way too cagey, way too safe. They've gone under the two and a half goal total in their last five. And Brighton have gone under two and a half in four or five. They're due, people. Because Brighton, in their last four Premier League games, they've had well over a two in terms of their XG in each and every one of those games. Like, I think Leeds United, they take the shackles off a little bit more when they play at home. I think there's goals in this game. I, I love the over two and a half at minus 113. Uh, so that's going to be my play. By the way, these two teams have played under two and a half and seven of seven. I don't get it. Leeds, like the way they concede oftentimes is criminal. 
And Brighton, there are very few teams that look as fluid from an attacking perspective on the season. There's goals here. Um, so let's play the over in this game. Uh, Everton and Brentford. Uh, we like our Brentford home plays. What about away at Goodison Park? Um, that was my first thought was Brentford plus naught on the handicap at plus 101. It looked a big number. But then I got a little bit hesitant. I looked at the underlying numbers and I've got to say some of the stuff that Everton have been doing in attack um, is is a bit eye-catching. So I had to pivot. I, I wasn't ready to take Brentford with that handicap. Um, so yeah, instead I've gone with the both teams to score bet, which is at minus 103. Um, Everton, they're creating a lot of chances under Daesh. They they really are. They've averaged 1.64 expected goals for per game. And, and that includes playing Arsenal, the league leaders twice, um, and Liverpool. Uh, they racked up over 1.7 XG against Arsenal in both of those matches. Um, and defensively, they've allowed 1.56 expected goals against per game. So they are creating and conceding a lot of good chances. And they are getting into the kind of time in the season where they do need to start going for broke and trying to get results because everyone around them seems to be winning apart from them. Well, that happened last week, didn't it? With Southampton obviously getting a, a victory and Wolves getting a victory. Um, and Brentford, they they are unbeaten in 12. They continue to really impress. Both teams' scores landed in eight of those 12 matches, which I thought was interesting. Um, and yeah, that, that's not a surprise because they've also got a very potent attack but a slightly vulnerable defence. And away from home, They've averaged 1.5 expected goals for per game, 1.6 expected goals against per game. So both teams, in theory, are averaging, or matches are averaging around 3.1 expected goals per game, both conceding good chances. Yeah, I just thought BTTS looked big in minus 103. I, you know, given all the data and the stats there and the, you know, the, the kind of attacking approach that I expect to see from Brentford and what Everton are doing at the moment, I thought we'd get a little bit closer to maybe minus 115, something like that. I will advocate for one of two plays. And and pick whichever one. You mentioned it, Brighton on the handicap, plus 101, a plus number, and they're getting a draw, no bet. Runford's the better team here. You said it. They're undefeated in their last 12. They have the fifth best expected goal differential, and this is where Bright, uh, Brentford can really go on a run and really push for European football next year. They play Everton, then Southampton, then Leicester City. Like, how many points can they pick up over this span? And they have games in hand, I believe, as well. This team is tied for eight uh, with with Brighton, and they're seven points back of fourth place with two games in hand. They can put themselves right in the mix. So you're telling me Everton, who are absolutely dreadful at times. I know they're improved to a certain degree uh, with Sean Deitch. Still, Calvert-Lewin still remains out. You can get Everton at home to win at plus 169, but can you get Brentford at plus 185? Hit that up. Brentford plus 185. That's a lot of juice for a team for me is vastly superior to Everton. I know that Brentford, the home play is preferable. I think Brentford can win this game outright. So I'm not I'm not against the handicap, but when I, when I have a number like this for Brentford to win outright, I'm going to make that play. So Brentford on the win at plus 185. Yeah, I, I was I was leaning Brentford, but I just thought the both teams to score was a slightly safer option. But yeah, no no major disagreement there. Um, uh, yeah, a little, little yeah. bit surprised, I guess, to see Brentford are, are outsiders in this. I thought it might maybe at least be a pick him on the market. So yeah, I, I mean, I might have a second small play on Brentford. 
Leicester City and Chelsea. Look at that. Chelsea back-to-back wins. One nil in each on against this, Leeds and this, Dortmund. This. Is that where you're going? Hell Chelsea, yeah. under yeah, here. Yeah. What do you got? Is, um, what, this is another one. Look, look at the price. It's just I like incredible. the chat, by the way. Unders, yeah, yeah. unders. <laughs> yeah, was, um, yeah, I've been working on that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Minus 113, is... under two and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is um, that is a bit of me. It's actually moved. Um, it was minus one sixteen yesterday. It's moved the opposite way. Minus one thirteen is a little bit better, better price. Um, just a no brainer. It's a bit of an automatic play. You know, it's not a. It, 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 you don't have to purely base it on Chelsea in this matchup either. I mean, they remain inconsistent in attack. Um, they're really struggling to score goals still. I know they scored last week against Leeds. They scored a couple against Dortmund. Um, but they, they're only averaging 1.5 expected goals for per game since the restart, which is like it's middling. It's not it's not very good. Um, but defensively, they are really really strong. They've they've allowed eight goals in eleven. They've kept five clean sheets, conceded just 0.95 expected goals against per game, which is the second best total in the league since the uh, the World Cup. And unders has landed in ten of eleven since the restart, so it's a really high <laughs> hit rate. And then if you flip onto the Leicester side. Um, they've gone from scoring 10 goals in three matches to none in the following three. Um, they've been shut out in six of 10 league games since the restart and three of five at home. Uh, they've failed to score in six of 12 home league games. There's no surprise because they've actually been the worst attacking team at home in the entire division. They've averaged 0.87 expected goals for per game, which means that they're the only team in the league that averages under one expected goal per game. Um so, yeah, there, there's a lot to like there. Um, Leicester struggling in attack, Chelsea strong at the back, but also a little bit unreliable in forward areas. So the unders was my main play. And I also thought that taking Leicester under 0.5 on the team total at plus 169, basically uh, a Chelsea clean sheet, massively appeals. Um, we've seen United and, and City, two, well, City in particular, strong de- defensive team, go to Leicester, keep a clean sheet. We saw Arsenal do it recently. Um, and I think Chelsea, their defensive process is that, at that level now. Uh, the data suggests it is. So I, I can see them going there and really, really making life difficult for Leicester. And, and I, I've not seen a lot from Leicester all season, really, to, to make me think that they can create a, a, high, a you know a consistent level. So, yeah, I really like both plays. Um, obviously, at a price, you take the uh, a slightly bigger stake on the under two and a half and a slightly smaller one on the, on, on the team total. But, yeah, uh, it was a kind of a... Um, well, a, a tandem of bets that won for me in midweek against Dortmund. Um, the same kind of logic, just defensive, uh, defensively strong Chelsea. And, and Dortmund had been really poor uh, in attack against better teams since the restart. I think it was they played Leipzig uh, just the, the other week and they'd only generated one expected goal. The same against Leverkusen. So, yeah, I, rinse and repeat job for me in that, re- in that regards. I, I really like this play. Yeah, two plays, Chelsea on the under. Let's continue to ride that train at minus 113. And Chelsea to win outright at even money. Like Christensen, the fullback's out. He's done well for Leicester City and a team that's just not good enough. Harvey Barnes is touch and go. I'm sorry, watching this version of Jamie Vardy, it's no party. Like, it's very difficult to watch. Like, he's done. I think it's fair to say he's done. And it's like a toothless attack. Thielmans is out. There's a lack of quality in the midfield. Madison looks isolated. This Leicester City team's in trouble again. <laughs> just they ride these ways. And I think that Chelsea, a one-nil win, a two-nil win, I can see that being in the cards yeah. here. So Chelsea at even money, the better team to win. 
You know, this Chelsea team has gone through its, its struggles, but they're not as bad as Leicester City. They're, they're just not. So at even money, that's a play I can get behind as well. Uh, West Ham, Aston Villa, no play for me in this game. I want to stay as far away as I can from this game. That makes two of us. Yeah, let's get on to the last one. And Newcastle and Wolves. Now, I want to bring this up because they drew 1-1. And the history, the recent history between these two, two teams... Wolves have no clean sheet in seven and under two and a half has played in six of seven. And so is both teams to score has played in six and seven. There is a lot of one, one draws. So if you like that number, the exact total goals of two, you can get that play at plus two sixty nine. We typically don't bet on draws here, but are you even a little bit intrigued at a draw at plus two ninety three? Uh, for a team that we call Draw Castle, because <laughs> they have five draws at home on the season, and yeah. Wolves they don't score goals, and, and Newcastle looks a little bit off it as well. Like I, I typically typically look for different bets, but this game kind of has draw written all over it, doesn't it? I I don't mind that play. I mean my my bet is the is my favorite. So we'll we're we gonna chant it together. Under, 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 under. Yep. Um, and you know when when you've got a low you know, low goal fancy, the draw is massively in play because you know under two and a half only got two goals maximum. Uh, you might have zero. I wouldn't be surprised if it was nil nil. Um, yeah, Newcastle they've scored just six goals in nine post World Cup matches. They failed to score in five of those nine. Under two and a half has landed in all of the last eight. So they are a very strong under team. Defensively, they do remain solid. They've allowed just 1.1 expected goals against per game. And then if you flip that around, they're playing against a Wolves team that have generated just 1.1 expected goals for per game uh, under Lopetegui. And the unders has landed in all of their last four and seven of 11. So really, really strong kind of um, betting-led data on the unders and also the XG data. Uh, And Wolves have only racked up more than one expected goal in five of their 11 matches. So they've been really, really bad. Um, in forward areas, a little bit fortunate to have picked up so many points. So, yeah, minus one thirty. It's a little bit of a shorter price. I think it's the shortest price of the that I've put up. But I just thought it was a cracking bet because Newcastle they've got so much attacking issues. Wolves defensively they look fairly tight. They do keep the occasional clean sheet, and they, I don't think they've bar, bar Man City. I don't think they've conceded more than two in a game. So, um, yeah, I, I thought this was a cracking bet, and I think that's a hat trick of unders for me. So, yeah. Yeah, with all familiar teams and faces. So, uh, look, I'm going to make that draw bet just a half play at plus 293. Why not? But if you like that theme of number two, it's very Austin Powers, number two, um, because that's what these two teams play to. Newcastle in their last three games, all 2-0 losses to City, United, to Liverpool in all competitions. So that number two has come through and you can find the exact total goals of two at plus 269 on Pinnacle. So that's the board this week. Anything else to add, Jake? Final words. Final words. Under. 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 (laughs) He doesn't come from a land down under, but he certainly likes the plays. He is Jake Osgathorne. Follow along with him at Jake Oz. Myself at Gareth Wheeler. Go to Pinnacle, the betting resources section. Dan Weston has you covered for Indian Wells Tennis, 
is up and running right now. It's a big weekend at the Players' Championship as well. Come on, Sung JM. Um, we're, we're fully invested in Sung Jay this weekend. Um, and we're looking forward to seeing how that plays out as well. Everything, the best odds, the best lines available on Pinnacle. Uh, the odds that we've used are correct at this time of recording. And rem- remember, please gamble responsibly. Good stuff again this week, Jake. Let's do it one more time for good juju. Under, 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 under. under. Uh, This has been EPL Insights for Game Week 27 with data provided by InfoGoal.